podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Andrew Christie. All right. Sam Smith. Hello. And the glorious return of Ross Davidson. Hello. Waited for a 4-0 defeat before coming back on the podcast. True <laughs> misery hunter. That's it. It's one of your mates labelled me this morning, Chris Sutton, so I'm on to <laughs> dissect and criticise as much as possible. That's what I like to hear. Um, I mean, I guess we've got to talk about this game. And luckily for us, we had one of the match commentators. So, Andrew, take oh. it away. Tell us your experience. <laughs> I was just... Just start to finish, just a really, really unpleasant day. Uh, I mean, a two-hour car journey with everyone's favourite misery hunter on Mark Jardin. That's, that's always good fun, but yeah, as soon as we got there, that stadium's a shithole. It was freezing, and then football kicked off, and it just get worse and worse from there. And it's uh, in Dundee. And it's in Dundee. So yeah, n- not good. Um, aye, that, it's, not, it's not even really a lot to dissect we were just absolutely kind of outplayed at our own game they were really organized really well put together um i was actually really impressed by them i kind of thought before the season started i'd sort of tipped them to be a bit of a bit of a weapon boy but um they've made a lot of really good signings and tony docky set up a really good team there i think they might surprise a lot of people this season i think they're kind of a team to be taken seriously but yeah we were just to a man just not on it at all and whether I know we, we had a, an illness in the squad whether that played its part I don't know but yeah I think it was maybe maybe a defeat that was coming for a few weeks I don't know what you guys think about that I think it was maybe based on the performances against Hibs and even St Johnston the 4 now win I think there were signs that we just looked a bit a bit flat and the kind of the good things we were trying to do was kind of happening more through muscle memory than anything mm-hmm. just a bit insipid and just yeah just I felt like it was a defeat that was coming but also it's a defeat that's probably come at quite a good time I think you know the way we play it's so intense I think maybe this international break's always kind of maybe been earmarked as a wee kind of reset a wee kind of safe point for us so I think it was a a defeat that was maybe going to happen at some point, but yes, it doesn't take away from the fact that it was a very disappointing manner in which we actually felt with Dundee on Saturday. It was not good at all. Mm-hmm. I was in um, Italy and uh, Laura's, this was basically Laura's dad and brother's introduction to Scottish football. And I, I don't think I could have chose a worse game. Like they were asking me before, what do you think? And I was like, I think Saturn will do well. You know, and they were asking me what kind of team are Dundee. And I was like, ah, they're not that great. You know, we should be able to do this. And, what play, played out was one of the worst performances I think you could ever show someone to try and big up Scottish football. Even like, it, it was like comedically timed for me where I was like, oh, that's Keanu Bacchus. He played in the World Cup for us. He's a really good player. And then he hit it out of the park. And you're like, oh, Jameson, he came on and scored um, the other week and he's young and he's quite good. And then he'd run into a defender while trying to do a step over. It was just... Did he just com- say about all this, Anya? Well, to be fair, he, he said something in Italian. <laughs> and I, I, I asked uh, Laura what he said, and he said apparently that it was essentially what like watching children play in a schoolyard. 
Is it, I think it there's a new contingent of Italian Dundee fans after <laughs> watching that game then. No, it'll be a be Italian Dundee flag somewhere <laughs> in the dairy at some point in the next two years or something like that. But, I think yeah. uh, Andrew's right though, exactly what you said, I think it's maybe one game too many before the break after the Hibs game. I was saying to you guys earlier that I think we were on the turn uh, after the Kelly game at Rugby Park. Just Aye. wasn't like us. I don't think we've played well since. And we've had a 4 0 victory in between then, but even then we didn't play particularly too well. I think St Johnson killed themselves rather than us blowing them off the park. And um, I just I thought we were unbelievably poor against Dundee. I know there's an illness going through the squad, you could use that as an excuse, but we have been poor for a number of weeks, and this has probably been a game at the wrong time, but the breaks come at the right time. And Andrew said the chance of a reset and get everybody back to normal. Uh, a younger on his way back as well, which is obviously a benefit. Another option in the squad. Um, it's a sore one to take, but hopefully after the break we we try and kick on and improve on our already brilliant start to the season. I do kind of think it. It was a bit worrying how easy it was to kind of set up against us on Saturday. Like, I think they'd identified that we're a team that kind of struggles sometimes against a low block. And like from where we were sat in the commons position, we were just kind of on the eight, uh, Dundee's 18 yard line. And the amount of times Tanza would get the ball out of way, Dormit Merriman on the other wing, and it'd just be a line of like seven or eight Dundee players that were just set up to just eat up crosses all day. And it done exactly what we done to teams last year. That's it. That's mm. the most frustrating part. They just they beat us at our own game, didn't they? But that was kind of what we saw against Hibs as well, where we were constantly trying to play down the wing and cross a ball in, and it just really wasn't working. Like we don't we don't have a man in the Aye. box that's going to like cause enough hassle. You know, you, you expect that's what Robo said in his that's what Robbo said in his post match. He says we were hitting cross balls into nobody. He says that it was either coming for that Mandron's laying the ball off to Tanzan and staying and doing the right thing, but then other than that, there's nobody else making a dash to get in the box. Like we've, we've kind of stopped doing it. We were good at when we were hitting balls in behind teams as well the last few weeks. Probably Ross is right since the Comarnet game, we've stopped hitting balls in behind for like guys like Kilty and McMenamin to cause a bit of havoc. We're kind of playing in front of teams and it just doesn't suit us at all. Like when we've been really, I mean, I'm in no way criticising it. We've done, we've been brilliant this season, but I probably just need a wee, a few weeks to, to reset, get back to what we're good at. And to be, I was going to say give players rest. There's players that are away in international duty that they've probably done with not playing two games yeah. and seven days like strain and maybe Bacchus, you know, that Gogic, I think, could play games every day for seven days and he'd be still fit enough to come back and play. But aye, there's guys that could probably be doing with sitting on their arse and doing nothing for a week. But that's no but Unfortunately, when you're one of the big boys in the league and you've got six guys away in international duty, you can't do that. I would say that um, you mentioned Gogic there. I think he's one of the players that's not been at it for a, a number of weeks. Aye, quite a few uh, kind of individual mistakes creeping in the past. Aye, I know the Hibs, the Hibs one was about a slip, but even throughout that game and, and a couple of games beforehand, he's, he's not really been great. Mandron, the same. Um, he's got this kind of habit that's developing that, all right, he gets the ball, holds it up and lays it off to one of the wing-backs to cross it in, but as he's laying it off for the cross to come in, he's nowhere near where he should be in that six-yard box to win the header. And it's keeping <laughs> his game and... 
I know a lot of people were kind of a bit of heads going after the Dundee game saying we don't have a plan B and Robbo needs to change his tactics and it's not as extreme as that but I do think that do we necessarily have a plan B because I've not really seen us change it up to break, break teams uh, down or even the Hibs game we've, just really been we've, we've taken like McMenamin or, or Kilty off and then went two up front and just played Kilty or McMenamin and behind two strikers and mm-hmm. it's, not really, it's just going back to doing what we've done last season it's not really a plan B it's just kind of the same thing yeah, but just make the team a wee I bit think, more narrow what, I don't think we've got a drastic system change in us you know no. a lot of teams don't but we, we need to alter it to a battle against Dundee who were obviously had our number on Saturday and we should have something a plan B or another option to mix it up to try and then get in behind or drag them out and, and get balls over the top it just doesn't seem to be the way that we change our game up at all I think especially we've done it against Hibs as well where you know Mandron came off and Olasanya came on and we continued just crossing the ball into the box it made no sense, um, mm-hmm. and and you, you do the same with Grieve. Like I know he scored a header at the start of the season, but you're, he's not really a big target man. You, you you just want him kind of feeding off the scraps, and I guess that's what they're hoping for, maybe for a, a lucky break in the box and him just to kind of poke it in. But yeah, other than that, we we really don't have an alternative. I think it was quite good fun seeing the uh, four substitutions made at half time. I've, I've, I've never never seen that watching football. I think. That's that's legendary. That's proper getting in and being like, right, you, 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 and you, half, and you and all. Because they were also they also came back out for the second half with about five minutes to go. So it was clearly just like get my fucking sight, get back on there. So and that aye, that was good fun. But well, just shows the character of Robinson to do that because how many games have you watched that guy? A couple of boys off of towelers, and you think he's definitely coming off at halftime. And he comes out and gets 10 minutes. Yeah. And he's inevitably worse than he was in the first 45. Robinson's obviously, as Sam said, went in and went, the four of you's, you've been hopeless, get out my sight. And he's he's willing to change it up. The only criticism for me is he's changed the personnel, but he's not changed the system or he's not changed the tack. Yeah. And that's the very one-dimensional way. When you've done these got a number this early on in the season and we don't tend to change it, and then there'll be hell of a lot of teams playing against us trying to do the exact same thing not necessarily saying we'll get pumped 4-0 every time but we'll find it increasingly more difficult to get victories or break teams down uh, especially when you've, you, you kind of look at the fact that we've got Livingston next mm-hmm. you know they're not in any great shape at all but you know Martindale's clever enough to be analysing how other teams have broke us down and you know, got something off of us and he'll have seen how we've played the last three games, three, four games that we've not been at it and if we if teams set up a certain way, we're not going to have a lot of success. So yeah, you kind of <clears throat> worry that, you know, if we if we aren't going to change it and we, we start after the break the same way we finished it, uh, might not be... I don't know. I think Martindale's not too far away for having to go back and do what he was doing beforehand. He's a... Uh... <laughs> He must be regretting knocking back that St Johnston move now. Uh, still can't believe he's they, they stayed there. St Johnston got money to burn, and he could have just went and spent a lot of that money. I think St Johnston got like four million quid in the bank. They would give him a bit to spend. I, I don't think people quite appreciated the step up from <coughs> Levy to St Johnston in terms of money and facilities. Like he'd had a good time there, so it's kind of. I think he's got a wee sniff for the. I think he's got a sniff for the Ross County job because they've also. 
Mm. Uncle Roy throws money every January at a new manager, doesn't he? So, and you kind of look it's at not a bad shout. What job would you rather you take? Over there, up, but... <laughs> <laughs> that Zoolander pose, as you said in the group chat, is hundred uh, percent the best way to describe that. <laughs> uh, just blue steel all the way. I mean, I suppose we should probably talk about the goals for the game. Aye, because it's probably the new one. Aye, they're, they're, some of the goals are they're actually really funny to watch. I just think before the game, the, the things that you would have pinpointed don't get done on the counter and don't get done by set pieces. And all four goals came from those avenues. It was like if you're Robinson, you're just absolutely tearing your hair out. Like I, I, st- I, I just don't know what you do with that. Aye, it's uh, certainly uncharacteristic anyway, particularly the fourth goal, no tracking a runner. At least our, our midfield players all have that, <coughs> that work rate where they get back numbers and they, and they make sure nobody ghosts in at the back post, never mind through the middle of the box. And the fourth goal just, Boyd once gave up for me, he wasn't concentrating on the danger, he was looking behind him. A desire from, was it, uh, ba- back at, back at, what? Give him his real name, as uh, Alan Gregg on Suburban FC fans called him Bound Mince. Bound Mince, he played like Bound Mince for that fourth goal. <laughs> but um, I just, uh, really, poor goals to lose. I, I think the players, I, I know what I criticize or suggest that they chucked it, but it certainly looked like 3 0 down. Ah, but the fourth goal they did. Sorry. Four was coming yeah. and <clears throat> didn't bother their arse chasing that boy back. But the desire for him to get into the box and wouldn't should say that Hemming maybe shouldn't have palmed it straight to his feet, but um, the desire for him to get into the box and finish it was was excellent. So Is that the one as well that Gogic, of all players you would think, would just take the man out and take the free kick, chose nah, not take, to do that? Aye, uh, exactly. Aye. Take, the, take the yellow, you know. And he would do that nine times out of ten, but uh, the last month or so, he's just been off it for me, and um, decision-making's been really, really poor. I think it's uh, good to have fans to hate Richard Taylor that much to say that it was him that gave away the penalty despite it hitting off Marcus <laughs> Fraser's arm but uh, there was a guy who was like yep definitely watched it back yeah it was definitely Taylor and I was like aye if Taylor had grew arms and dyed the other half of his arm white then it would be Richard Taylor <laughs> that gave away the penalty uh, but, uh, I thought it was a wee bit unfortunate to be honest probably so as a the, handball uh, but uh, the header kind mm-hmm. of like, the ball obviously changed his direction with the header like so close to him I don't think there's much you can mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, I, I think that's the the thing that annoys me with the handball rule is that when you jump, naturally you're going to you use your arms for like elevation, mm-hmm. so you need to bring them up. So I don't know what I don't know what Taylor, uh, no Taylor, I don't know what Fraser's meant to do in that position. Like the ball's changing direction for about two foot away from him. It's just it's we'd be screaming for it if it was up the other end. It's just the way. It's just yeah, the way that. But definitely, I think yeah, when you mentioned Taylor <clears throat> there, I think he's. In danger of becoming the new bomb scale Shaughnessy. Aye. He has brilliant games and, and folk love him, but he makes one mistake and he's lower league island player. What have we done signing him? He's well, not to I the standard, do you think? He played with his skin at Celtic Park. Oh, no, I, I, I've also season. got it ready, but Sam, you're the one that posted it on the Discord, so on you go. He was incredible. Well, aye. So big George McIntyre, who is obviously the big drinker tups before he. Uh, <laughs> Before I type this, I don't like having to say this, but I'm afraid the boy Taylor is not Premier Standard. It was a big move from the second tier in Ireland for him. I just feel that whilst on occasion he passes the ball well, 
he makes far too many basic errors and lacks good positional sense and is found too often not covering his opponent today. He nearly caused a goal in the first minute, losing possession near the goal mouth. He did cause the first goal passing straight to his opponent and then conceded a pen due to handball. Obviously, Robbo hooked him at the interval for obvious reasons, perhaps a spell at a lower league club would help his career. I never like to criticise our players, but I just feel uncomfortable when he's playing for us. I am afraid. He's said he's afraid three times in that. <laughs> and also, never put a full stop on it. <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily wrong there in terms of the way he played against Dundee. It was shocking. Uh, I mean, that yeah. opening chance uh, that had the post was uh, just really poor. I mean, if that's the way he played all the time, then you'd agree with everything that guy said, but uh, it's far too many... <laughs> Far too many man in the match performances so far in recent month career to counter that. That one bad day, uh, he's one player out of all 11 or more, including some who had a shit day. So I don't see why he's uh, the scapegoat, but he seems to that's the tag that he's got. And every bad game he'll have, there'll be another guy saying, Get rid of him, he's lower league guff. And it's it's no fair because I think he's been a really good signing, either, either him or done. So, what's, what's your answer? <laughs> <clears throat> aye, I know. Aye, and I, I, I think I, I like Dunn, but I'd rather have much rather have Taylor playing. I think Taylor's just a Taylor's going to play for far better teams in St Mirren in his career, and he's also twenty one, playing his first real, his first full season at a proper level. Like, I think he's done all right for me. Aye, same here. Aye, just it was just just really unlike is the goals. Like, I, I seen Hemming getting a bit of stick for the third goal. I don't really. I think it's quite hard. I don't know what he's really meant to do. He can't catch the ball, so I think. I definitely can't. I think the. <laughs> nah, yeah, a wee catch wasn't manifested eh, clearly for that. But but I think the defenders have got to anticipate him not catching the ball at that point and getting ready for it. And nobody reacts. Everybody just kind of stands and watches him. The first goal. This. Defending first set pieces baffling as well. I just I, I don't understand it letting the ball drop like that. And, I mean that guy back at Yoko doesn't even really look particularly good, but we didn't we made him look like a world beating Saturday. We also made Zach Rudden look really good as well. He's had, he's had a couple of good games he scored against us in Perth First last Johnston season. Last year, yeah. 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 Which uh, there's guys in the league that I think if you let them score against you, you should get points deducted as well. <laughs> Zach Rudden's one of the guys that if you concede a goal you get three points taken straight off your total that you've accumulated so far because that guy is rancid really really bad at football he's a definition of like see if you take like when you if you're coaching kids and you be like see if you try really really hard no matter how good you are you might make a career out of it like Zach Rudden see if you apply that real to us we've got a chance of winning the league if we keep playing all your sign <laughs> well, I, he he is I get, but then that would imply that he might actually score again. Aye, true. So, uh, he had the, he had the post towards the end of the game, the one Jameson put across. Yeah, wild, just wild. How that he's so he's just he's funny to watch, like because at some points he can do like you go back to the Johnston game and he plays the. He plays the one two with man John that goes down the wing and he puts a great ball through from you like right, he actually can do like he's got in his locker to do stuff, but when he's trying to do like step overs and all that and trying to be too fancy, it's I can't love him. I, I just think he's that would that gave my ten year contract. The finish at Easter Road was Aye. exceptional, you know, <laughs> and then the return fixture against Hibs that fresh air. <laughs> I just shows you the the total 
the axis that he plays on, you know, he's, yeah. he's either all sugar or all shite, and uh, uh, against Dundee, he was a very good either. <clears throat> it's just an uh, absolute card, isn't he? You just don't. Uh, yeah. He's like a dog in a playground. <laughs> it's just hard to, hard to single in about for being. I think the only one that actually got pass marks off at Robinson was was Tanzer. He said in his post match, he said Tanzer was the only one that was that can get anything that resembles a pass uh, mark. But I mean, in, in I terms of like volume of crosses, maybe, <clears throat> but I think he's if he is, he's the absolute best at a bad bunch. It's just, mm-hmm. aye, just that's why I think it's really unfair to kind of single out Taylor. Like there was nobody at it, individual mistakes across the board and. Ah, it's just it's just one to forget. I kind of think I don't know for maybe not victims, but the the intensity that we kind of started the season from. I think we're maybe just seeing everyone out of steam a wee bit potentially. Because um, it's, it's it's just worth reiterating just how good a start we have had. Mm-hmm. And I think it was always natural that maybe there would be a bit of a a drop off. Um, I, I just I I don't think it necessarily tells anything about the season. I don't think there's a lot of chat in the media right now and on kind of other podcasts and stuff about you know we've been found out. Um, it's kind of name and shame. Have a bit, bit of a fall off, a fall, a fallout now. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's a admittedly very bad day after a couple of bad games. But I think the international break will give us that time to reset and they'll be getting our asses booted. Kind of as we speak, uh, so like I'm confident it, that kind of come April May will still be challenging for that kind of fifth, sixth place, which is still the aim. I know we were, we're uh, sitting third, and that's kind of dreamland, but that's a some massive amount of expectation to put on the team. <coughs> I think the aim is still sixth place and kind of kick on from there. Uh, Sorry, tem- tempers the I said these before as well before we started that tempers the arrogance that's creeping in a wee bit that I. Right, you can go away and take a tanking uh, away from home, not necessarily 4 0 all the time, but we're not untouchable. Uh, we're certainly not uh, by far and away miles ahead is the best of the rest. Uh, we have a potential of going away from home or even at home and taking a defeat off teams round about us. And as you say, that international break may be a chance for the team and the management to reset, but the fans a wee bit and bring us back down to earth a little bit because. The way some people are acting as if uh, we shouldn't be getting beat off Dundee away from home, which not at 4 now, but going away to Dundee and getting beat isn't the end of the world. And we're certainly not a team that's ab- above Dundee in terms of we should be beating them every time we play them. And I mean, to put, teams to put it in perspective, Dundee have got is it five clean sheets out of the past six. I think other than the old firm, they're the best. They've conceded the fewest amount of goals. So mm-hmm. we have no divine right to beat anyone in this league to be honest and I think I like you say it's maybe just tempers that bit of expectation from the fans and just I gets rid of that bit of arrogance Aye, there's, there's people thinking that every team outside the old firm are cannon fodder for us and it's it's not the case no, but they're a decent side Doherty's got them playing well um, so just I calm it I down a bit you know? we are capable of beating Dundee 4-0 and Dundee are capable of beating us 4-0 oh, the same way as I, I would say probably the third all the way down to to be fair the three down the bottom are proper mince maybe third all the way down to ten because Aberdeen are sitting tenth just now like on their day everybody can give everybody a bit of a tanking like mm-hmm. it, it's it's just how tight the league is I think the standard of the league's probably went up again players wise and you'll find that sometimes teams are going to be on the, the wrong end of a bit of a humping 
and of that kind of that kind of group of teams, so many of us kind of play such similar systems. Aye. But I think you will see games where kind of somebody will maybe go one or two up and then cause the other teams chasing the game. Like we saw on Saturday, goals on the break. So you might see a couple of tankings and I don't, we'll, we'll be on both ends of them probably over the course of the season, but. Oh, definitely. I mean, just the last month, we've won 4 now and get beat 4 now. So it just, just shows you, you know, and from where we are to the bottom of the league, there's, as Sam says, there's no much between any team, like points-wise. I mean, you could go on a run and, and get sucked in a wee bit of that kind of middle to bottom. So that teams will improve, teams will get worse. I don't think um, there's anyone that's far and away. I don't think the top six, bottom six settled now, is what I'm trying to say. I think there's there's far too much football to play and teams will improve when they get new managers and uh, Ross County's see what they're like, whoever they appoint, they could improve. That's another aspect um, to consider in the league. So uh, it's an exciting league, but I wouldn't get carried away because we get bumped in Dundee. Do you think... Uh, not the end of the world. Do you think the international break will um, give us a chance to possibly see Nayunga make the bench against Living? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I, hope so. I think the talk uh, is that's the kind of plan, isn't it? Which would be maybe. incredible. I think maybe with the plastic pitch, I don't know, is that a consideration? I'm maybe missing that out. And it might be if we were playing in Livingston. But uh... oh, it's a whole minute. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, nah, but... that you could have let that slide and Jamie nah, edited that out. Or whatever. Couldn't, couldn't do that. I had to, had to just come in. Well, no, I hope he does make the bench. Though it's, a, it's another option. Um, that we nah, but then have. again, that's a, that's another one that I think fans are going to temper their expectations on because. Nah. He ripped his knee off the bone. Like we are realistically looking kind of January, mid January, till he's back playing proper yeah. football. Like if he's not scored double figures by Christmas, there will be folk. Mm-hmm. Oh, get him out! Kind of yeah. hitting the panic button, but yeah, we need to have a bit of real, uh, just a bit, a bit of logic to that one because he's he's been out for the best part of a year. Nah, yeah. it's, it's a long time. I, I, to be, I'm actually quite shocked he's back this quick to be honest uh, we seem to be quite lucky when guys get longer term injuries that they always seem to like kind of know out really lot I really kind of remember the last guy that played for someone that was like out for a proper long like over a year's time like that that seems to happen to quite a lot of teams in our league we are kind of we've been quite lucky we have dodged it I think for the most part maybe McGuinness was the last one that was properly out like well obviously it was because he's the only guy that was out injured every three weeks. So, uh, <laughs> but Al- Alan Gow, remember him? Aye, he was unfortunately. <laughs> really, he was a really. <clears throat> he's one of the ones that we were linked with every year for fifteen years, and then we eventually <laughs> signed him fifteen years <laughs> after we should have signed him. I'm still waiting for us to sign Robbie Winters one January window <laughs> just to get just to get that out of the way, but. We are, younger coming, left back. we are younger coming back do you think Robinson will try him and Mandron up front at one point I think that would be an interesting kind of tactic you know I think they, like because of how much success him and Curtis Main had up front together but then while Mandron's quite a strong physical player I just don't think he can do it as much as Curtis Main did I don't think I think Curtis means a bit of an anomaly, to be honest, that somebody who can do that. I don't think there's many guys that kind of fit the bill of what he did. Not nothing to do with like the kind of ability part, but he covered a ridiculous amount of ground 
at a ridiculous speed for 90 minutes every single week. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any, I think there's many players that have that in them really to do it. Like, uh, annoyingly, it's guys like Diddy, proper Diddy's like Chris Kane and Zach Rudden are folk that are like the perfect example of being really good at that. Mm-hmm. Just running about making a nuisance yourself. I just don't think Big Mika's got it in him. I think you'd maybe see a Yunga playing a front three. To, but I wouldn't be shocked if we went with like McMenamin and Yunga and Mandra on some games. Like me, a bit interesting to see what Robinson does. I've yeah, just considered that because obviously we were saying earlier that Mandron finds himself outside the box laying it off to get mm-hmm. the ball in. If you play the two of them, it means if one's outside doing that, the other one's in the six-yard box waiting for the the cross coming in, so it adds a, a kind of more of a danger to the attack rather than crossing the ball into an empty space. Aye. Um, and the work rate thing for Mandron is a, is a big issue, which I agree with you, Sam, I just don't think he's got that in him. He likes to kind of try and show that he's got that in him, but Aye. especially I don't, I, at, the, at the Hibs game, you've seen that he just gave up the ghosts eventually when he just couldn't be bothered with it. I think, uh, I think it's something that, like, they know. I do I, I, I see a lot of people as if it's like something that Robinson needs to like coach into him. I don't I think like Robinson's obviously looked at him and signed him knowing full well that he's not gonna run about. Like he's six foot four, he's not particularly fast, but he's just a big focal point for teams. I, I, I think that's the kind of trade off. You need guys working hard around him. Yeah. But whereas a younger's the polar opposite of younger a younger did get tore in when he played like he, he found him tracking back quite a lot and kind of driving for deep with the ball but like, I don't know it would just be good to good to have the option it'll probably it'll probably spell the end for Namani I think to be honest uh, he's just not appeared at all has he really I think it's kind of safe to say that nobody was ex- or the Robinson wasn't expecting Olisanya to be here at the start of the season or Greaves aye which credit to them for taking opportunities and having a pretty impressive season, but I think the likes of McManny and uh, Jameson as well have been victims of that a wee bit. Like, Jameson came on against Hibs and got his goal. Potentially a bit unlucky not to start on Saturday. I know there was yeah. a few folk that maybe thought he could have. But aye, when he, when he came on, on a hiding to nothing, it was a really hard task for him. And I was really quite stocked up front, which is quite rare, but... I I wouldn't be surprised to see like a starve away in January. Uh, Aye, so. definitely. I think we're stocked up front, but the level drops from starting players to substitutes, and that's uh, that's the mm. uh, the benefit of maybe having a younger coming back. The that gaps uh, shortened that little bit. Um, as much as I like Grieve and um, Jameson, they're just not quite like for like when we're taking our starting attackers off and, and bringing the guys on, but. They can improve, obviously, but I mean, is Grieve going to improve? He's kind of been the same standard since we've seen him, you know. Tidy enough player, but I don't think he's that Premiership quality, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else want to talk about the Dundee game, or is that us? No, that's that's enough. Of, I think that's enough mm-hmm. of that. Cool. Well, then we will be back after this. Hello, I'm Stephen Thompson, and you're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast. That's not the one I wanted to hear. What one do you want to hear? Sorry, I froze there. What one do you want to hear? Josh, you want to say calling me a helmet? <laughs> no, the good, the good Stephen Thompson one where he says that he really likes craft beer. Yeah. 
I actually have not took any of them off the group chat. I really should. Aye, because they need juice. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Really, I'll, really, I'll really. One day, I'll get them ready for after the January winter break. <clears throat> but um, I guess we're we're going to talk about a charity that we donated to recently, and uh, this Aye. is where we hand it over to Sam because he's our um, <clears throat> Richard Tate spokesman. Aye, interested in this. Two reasons, good cause, and the other one, we get Richard Tate in the podcast for me to probably finally get like a restraining order filed against me. But, uh, <laughs> that, that's not the avenue I thought you were <clears throat> going to go down there, Sam, but fair enough. Nah, nah it was... Shite bag. <laughs> nah, <laughs> uh, obviously it was kind of brought to us through one of the guys in the Patreon uh, about the... The charity, I think he floated the idea with Mark about maybe raising a bit of money. So it's uh, Richard Tate's gym. I'm not sure if he, I think he might co-own it. Uh, Win Fitness in Hamilton have a an autism charity, Win for Autism, who do do a lot of good work kind of in the, the local area, putting on a lot of stuff for autistic kids that, I mean, going by the kind of the experiences that were detailed by the guy that brought the charity to us, like, isn't he stuff that's kind of readily available? And you've seen the kind of replies that we had on, I think it was a couple of replies we got back on the tweet that we put out about the charity as well. Like, there isn't really a lot of stuff and support in place for, for kids to do. And, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that is really good, like private cinema days, taking kids to trampoline parks, like Aye. making sure that kids are involved in stuff that in kind of normal situations they probably wouldn't really feel comfortable in. And it's good as well. They just, just good to contribute to stuff like that. I think that's where it really comes in handy that we, we've got the Patreon money as well for stuff like that. We're able to kind of contribute, put stuff in. I think we've done, I think I think we're going to have a bucket for the Charitable Foundation at the live show. Like Obviously, the link for the Win for Autism charity, we've got that up on Twitter. Uh, we can retweet that again uh, once, we, once we put the podcast out. And if you've got anything, I think the raffle is, this will be going out Friday, so the raffle will be Saturday, so I think you've still got time to obviously put in put in raffle tickets there, £2 a go, but aye, anything you can contribute at all to a good charity would be very much appreciated, and obviously through that we've managed to get Richard Tate the podcast, which will be a, <laughs> a very, very good chat. We'll, we'll shove a link to the, the raffle in the podcast bio as well, so if you're, if you're looking for it, you can find it in there on Spotify or YouTube or whatever you happen to be listening to this. Good prizes, by the way. Mm-hmm. And a hundred, well, one of them is a hundred pound gift voucher for that Nona said. And uh, Nona said, oh yeah, that is that's great, and it's so good. Laura loves that yeah. as well, and it's only put like while we've obviously discussed. I think we may have mentioned this before that you, you apparently in Italy you don't put chicken on a pizza. She ate a salt and chili chicken pizza there, and that's the photo <laughs> and I show everybody in Italy when they tell me they're like, "Oh no, chicken on a pizza!" No, no, and I go, "Well, hold on a minute, wait until I show you something." But that's, that's a great place. A great place. Mm-hmm. So you're making your your in-laws watch St Mirren, and you're making <laughs> their daughter eat chicken on a pizza. <laughs> they must right. absolutely love you. You'd be shunned from the family. You'd be allowed to ever again. <laughs> yeah, the only Italian that I actually knows stuff I'm not allowed to repeat. So <laughs> repeat it off here. Yeah. <laughs> but no, fantastic charity, fantastic cause. Aye, so really good cause. Um, if you can then dig deep and, and help <clears throat> the guys out I'm sure it would be more than appreciated mm-hmm. 
And then that gives us the opportunity to thank the, the Patreons who put their money towards us that allows us to put our money towards those sort of things and you can obviously yeah, win, win prizes and stuff like that as well and I'll need to say congratulations to Patrick Gilmore who's our first ever double winner he won, I know he, he won the season ticket and then he won the uh, Alex Goggins t-shirt last month and um, was it this month's Patreon prize is the one of the retro match winner kits let you choose if you happen to win which look incredible by the you way. do look quality yeah Bought one, for, uh, bought one for Rosie for her birthday and instantly after taking out the box and looking at it thought I really want this <laughs> could I try it could I try and squeeze into a large and just go get her another one I think with a lot of those kind of retro remakes you kind of run the gamut of kind of good quality to pretty poor stuff but yeah, it looks really good I just yeah. need them to release that uh, that tracker that they put on Twitter oh man I would just great. empty my bank account <laughs> ah, definitely. Oh, I think yeah. the thing with um, retro kits is that you see it with the Scotland ones, the score draw ones, they're good, but see with the absence of the manufacturer, Aye. it just Aye, doesn't yeah. quite look right. You could re like the club could have brought out the match winner ones and, and left off the match winner logos, it just wouldn't have looked as good. So it's good that they've got obviously a match winner to reproduce them and they look as good as the originals. Somebody made match winner ones, didn't they? Like before match winner. Uh, I think Can so. I, they were uh, really bad quality though, weren't they? I can't I remember heard, what happened to them. I heard that. There's a few kind of remakes ones, but they're kind of awful looking. Mm-hmm. Alright, so you see people wear them. Like I've seen, I think Billy might have one and the badge looks like it's the wrong size. Uh, it's huge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My wee sister's got that one. My, my dad uh, actually tore into her, to be honest, which is <laughs> <was> quite funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, Thanks for your money. See the thing is, <laughs> thanks for your money. <laughs> I actually was going to make a point about match winner being, being massive teases. Like, how many times are they going to post like something that we really want with like the wee eyes emoji, and then like months Aye. go by and nothing happens? Uh, I was surprised they were actually allowed to bring the that like retro kit out because there's not the thing with the the badge that like the I can't remember uh, what it is. Lord Lion. Aye, uh, I don't know unless they got that. I don't know if it's maybe because it's a reproduce of one that's already been out, so like rather than a new uh, version or a new concept, it's just a direct replica. So I don't know if maybe you can use that because the club kind of use the old badge here and there, don't yeah. they? So, uh, I think there might be something to though. do with the sponsors as well and the fact that we've... You're defunct now, so you yeah, can, re- you can use replace that, so them. And, uh, and obviously Clanford's not a thing anymore. But mm-hmm. Ford is, so like, can we use Clanford on another one or whatever? Who knows? I'm not sure, mate, but there's, pl- there's plenty of kits out there that, um, especially the match winner ones, actually, that they can re- redo because mm-hmm. there's some absolute classics. They do that, uh, the yeah. Black Kelvin yeah. Holmes one. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll, that'll That's the one they always tease on Twitter, isn't yeah. it? Just, what do you think of this? Yeah, the DM does. Sell you, I'll sell you my original. <laughs> much. Which you weren't willing to pay? £20. Deal. <laughs> I, was, I was going to give it to the academy to auction off so it replaces one of the old firm strips. Nah, you'd probably be able to give them a Rangers or Celtic top. So. <laughs> give them that orange uh, Arriva one, that two boxes, two, two, boxes, two boxes ticked is what I was trying to say. That's it, aye, true. <laughs> Equality. Mm-hmm. Um, aye, hunters.co.uk. Um or patreon.com forward slash misery hunters uh, 
this week's Patreon. We are going to be tackling who we think we should be coming in in January, what, where, what positions can be strengthened, targets we could be looking at, that kind of thing. And is that what we're doing? Uh, Sam, you looked a bit confused. I was like, just no, no, sure. no. I'm just <laughs> confused at the Iceland goalkeeper's oh, right. method of rolling the ball. Out, but, uh, you hate goalkeepers. For a goalkeeper, you I just hate, hate goalies. Unless they're uh, Trevor Carson, then he absolutely, uh, Mark Howard, he absolutely hates them. Yep, correct. <laughs> uh, and paisleycraftbeer.com. Um, keep your eyes on that because we have something big coming very, very shortly. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say or when I can say it, but that's that. Say it. Just say it just now. <laughs> say it. I'll say it for you if you want. Nah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to end with fuck Mark Jordan. Yeah. Times two, fuck Mark. I times three, fuck Mark Jordan. <laughs> Thanks that. for the left, but fuck Mark Jordan. Make that a full house. As soon as you said I shagged horses. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. That's unacceptable. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.